Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As we still recover from last year's record-setting blazes, drought and dry conditions could make 2021 a very dangerous year when it comes to the possibility of big wildfires breaking out in California. To make sure the state is ready, Governor Gavin Newsom and legislative leaders have unveiled a more than half a billion dollar fire preparation spending proposal. Here's Newsom speaking about that yesterday in Fresno County. To the legislature's credit and to the leadership of the California legislature, uh, they wanted to move forward uh, more aggressively and draw down $536 million to get moving now, to get that ball rolling and to start those efforts with the urgency this moment requires. The money would be spent on prescribed burns and vegetation and brush clearance to remove raw fire fuel in the landscape. Older homes that don't meet modern fire codes would also be updated with the funds. State Senate President Tony Atkins says that for every dollar California spends on fire prevention, it saves six to seven dollars in damage. In the private sphere, California is a high-tech mecca, but the pandemic has exposed the frailties and age of state government's technology infrastructure. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin tells us a new bill could streamline those systems. We all know the greatest hits or the greatest failures of state IT projects, DMV, Fiscal, Breeze, the child welfare system, and most recently, EDD. San Francisco Assemblymember David Chu has seen the costs of California's outdated tech systems. At the state's Employment Development Department, for example, applicants have had to navigate sluggish and confusing screening services that the agency is outsourcing to bolster its own decades-old tech. EDD alone has signed contracts worth more than $100 million for fraud and customer service support. And that's just one state agency. But with a new bill this week, Assemblymember Chu is hoping to streamline the complicated web of systems behind California's state websites. 27 licensing systems across 23 departments, 23 claim management systems across seven departments, 20 content management systems across 10 departments. It's almost Dilbert-esque what is happening. The bill would give the California Department of Technology the authority to prioritize which legacy systems should be updated first, and it requires CDT to create a consolidation plan. Chu says he hopes the legislation will simplify the online experience for Californians who use the systems and save the state a lot of money. For the California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin. 
In related news, state lawmakers advanced a bill out of committee yesterday that would require the Employment Development Department to cross-check unemployment applications with inmate records to identify fraudulent claims. At least $810 million in unemployment benefits were paid out to thousands of inmates last year, some of whom were on death row. If passed, California would become the 36th state to cross-check unemployment applications with incarceration records. The family of a mentally ill man who was beaten in Ukiah by police officers is planning to sue the city and the men who beat him. This isn't the first incident that's drawn attention for the Ukiah Police Department. And as Sarah Reith from KZYX tells us, the officers there could be working with more oversight in the near future. Gerardo Magdaleno is schizophrenic and bipolar. Late last week, he wandered into traffic naked after taking some non-prescription drugs. Half a dozen bystander videos show officers pepper spraying, tasing, and beating him. This is not the first time this happened to Mr. Magdaleno. Uh, He's been a victim of police violence in the past from the same department. So this is absolutely outrageous. Uh, It needs to stop. Civil rights attorney Isaac Schweiger is representing Magdaleno and another client who was beaten by a member of the Ukiah Police Department. That officer, Kevin Murray, was later fired for other charges. Ukiah Police Chief Justin Wyatt posted a brief statement on Facebook, but has not responded to requests for an interview or a press conference. Troyal Tognoli, a Black Lives Matter activist, thinks the department is going downhill. Okay, what you saw is the train. UPD, you know, there was a time and place where they were really pulling their together. But this is not good. This between this and Kevin Murray and God knows all the other things that are happening across, across the county. Four years ago, Mendocino County voters passed Measure B, a vaguely worded half-cent sales tax initiative to fund mental health services and facilities. In August, a portion of that money was approved to change the law enforcement response to calls involving mentally ill people. But there haven't been any street-level changes yet. Jan McGordy was on the committee overseeing the Measure B funds. It's getting close, but it's not in effect yet, which is really frustrating because we made this recommendation three years ago but whatever. (laughs) It's coming along and it will be crisis response and it will include a mental health professional backed up by law enforcement. Crisis, she adds, can always create positive change. For the California Report, I'm Sarah Reith in Ukiah. The Pomona Fairplex in L.A. County will be the latest site in California to be used as a temporary shelter for unaccompanied migrant children. In making the announcement, L.A. County Supervisor Hilda Solis says L.A. County has a responsibility and opportunity to unaccompanied minors coming to the U.S. She adds that this is not just a border crisis, but is everyone's crisis. It's still not clear when the site will open. The cities of Long Beach and San Diego have turned their convention centers into temporary migrant shelters. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind the scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, 
You'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. And turning to the pandemic, California's health agencies offer information about COVID-19 in many languages, including Spanish, Hmong, and American Sign Language. But one language that's largely been missing is Punjabi. As KVPR's Kerry Klein reports, that's despite the fact that many who speak the language have kept this country running during the pandemic. The cab of Sonny Graywall's 18-wheeler is neat and tidy. Bunk beds with red checkered sheets and gray interior cabinets that hide a fridge, microwave, and sweets from his native India. We call it gur, you know, G-U-R. You can put it in a tea or you can have a like, small piece after the food. Graywall is a truck owner-operator based in Fresno. He drives 150,000 miles a year, crisscrossing the country to deliver produce and cleaning supplies like hand sanitizer. If nurses want to, you know, take care of you, they need the stuff that we bring. You want to buy a food to stay home? Do you want to stock the food in your house? We bring that food. The state of California designated truckers as essential workers, but that status hasn't carried any tangible advantages. No requirements that rest stops be open, no hazard pay, and no priority access to the vaccine. Graywall is also one of an estimated hundreds of thousands of truckers who are sick, S-I-K-H, from the northern Indian state of Punjab. A trucking association estimates Punjabi Sikhs control as much as 40% of California's trucking industry, and yet few public health departments offer COVID information in Punjabi. It makes me feel left over, you know. That lack of information has had consequences for the whole community, says Manpreet Kaur of the nonprofit Chakara movement, especially in the early days of the pandemic. The information was just always missing, or it was too late, or it was shared in a way that wasn't easily understood. So early on, the Chikara movement began translating important health information into Punjabi, visiting temples to register people for tests and vaccines, and creating culturally sensitive videos and graphics. How to tie a mask around your turban for one, you know, if, if your mask is not accessible to wear based on different headwear, that's already one more extra step that someone has to take in, in being safe. Truckers and other Punjabi Sikhs have also come to rely heavily on Punjabi Radio USA, a Punjabi language radio station and internet stream with 24 hours of music, religious programs, and news. Since the pandemic began, the station has doubled its news programming and features call-in shows focused just on COVID. Here's Fresno-based announcer and engineer Raj Karanbir Singh. So we took that challenge and uh, made our responsibility that, uh, okay, we have to make this uh, our priority to give information as much as possible to our community. Most health agencies in California offer only selected documents in Punjabi or an automated translation via Google Translate. Singh says it's frustrating to see his community left in the dark. I know people can uh, argue, okay, they need to know English. Okay, they need to know English, but how are they reaching out? There is no outreach to them. Even the health officials or the departments, they are not contacting us. Until recently, that is. Singh says the State Department of Health has gotten in touch for some vaccine outreach. Punjabi was recently added to the state's online vaccine scheduling tool, MyTurn. And Fresno County has been working with the Chikara movement for vaccine clinics. 
Next week, all Californians over age 16 will be eligible for the COVID vaccine. That includes truckers, though Sonny Graywall still thinks they should have been prioritized earlier alongside first responders. They should start thinking about truckers seriously, how much we help. I know it's our job, but we still are humans too. His suggestion? Offer shots at rest stops, where so many truckers pass by every day. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. New research out of UCLA finds that younger adults in the LGBTQ community face greater psychological stress and suicidal behavior than older generations. In fact, 30% of those studied in the 18 to 25 age group say they've attempted suicide. The California report spoke with the study's lead author, Elon Meyer, a senior scholar of public policy at the Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law. When we look at the impact on the lives of LGBTQ people, they are more impacted by the microenvironment, the environment where they grow up, where they, their families, their school if they're young people, the work environment if they're older. Meyer says that despite growing acceptance of the LGBTQ community, there's still a long road ahead when it comes to equality and doing away with homophobia. The transgender community wasn't included in this study, but was part of separate research from UCLA. And finally this morning, the California Report brought you the story of Charlie McCone this week. He's the San Francisco resident who has been suffering symptoms of COVID-19 for more than a year. Charlie mentioned that he had been trying to get into a long-term term COVID clinic for treatment, but that he and others have not been able to get a referral from Kaiser Permanente. Kaiser has sent a statement to the California report saying that they sympathize with the case of so-called long haulers and are doing everything to help people with COVID and any complications related to the virus. In terms of referrals to outside experts, Kaiser says it does so based on individual assessments by its clinicians. And finally, some good news as crews are well ahead of schedule as they repair a huge hole in Highway 1 in Big Sur that developed during storms earlier this year. Caltrans says the roadway is likely to fully reopen by the end of April, nearly two months ahead of schedule. The two-lane highway with breathtaking views washed out after heavy storms hit the area in late January. The Big Sur area received up to 15 inches of rain over two days. Caltrans says the recent dry weather has helped crews working to get the iconic roadway fixed. And that is the California Report for Friday, April 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and weekend and talk on Monday. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere and California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care on the web at chcf.org voices. 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.